My name is Brandon Wade, but you can call me Mr. Brandon Wade. You can call me B2. You can call me B squared. You can call me B Wade. But I got two rules for you if you're going to call me anything. Speak life and keep it real. If you do that, you're good in my book. Welcome to Pay It Forward. Whether this is a short episode or a long episode, I give you the greatest commodity that I have. Myself, who I am, who I'm learning to be, and who I've been. I give you my experiences. I give you my heart. I give you the parts of myself that even I don't necessarily want people to know. So if you're going to show up here, my only request to you is this. If you're blessed by anything that you hear from me, pay it forward to somebody else and speak life into the people that you're around. So let's check out what the show's about today. Ain't no clouds gonna make it rain. <sighs> I'm still feeling sad about my dad. And I'm still feeling sad about my spiritual mentor. And I'm still feeling sad about my Uncle Woody that died. And I didn't even really know him like that. But hey, feelings don't have a reason, right? So just like I tell y'all before, man, welcome to Pay It Forward, man. Um, I promised y'all that I would always keep it authentic and be transparent with y'all about whatever stage in life that I'm at and whatever stage in life that I was at. And I've had some cool stuff to kind of update y'all with. Well, a week or two from now will be the anniversary of my dad's uh, passing. And then... It will be this May, but then also there will be an it will be an anniversary of my uh, spiritual mentor's passing. Now, my dad's was planned. We kind of all knew that was going to happen, but my spiritual mentor's was sudden. And I hadn't even realized until I got in the car with my mom today how much my dad has kind of affected my life. And it's like been in stages, you know, about thinking about these things. But um, I had initially just come on here to talk about the difference between control and order. And even the way I was about to do that was about to really be more of like almost a teaching rather than pointing out an example, like leading and being an example, right? Um, I'm pretty sure I did a podcast on this, and if I hadn't, uh, one would come soon. But I'm just being honest right now. I'm not really in the state where I even really fully remember all the podcasts I've done. But um, I have intended to if I have not already done so. But look it up if I have uh, one called All Leaders Teach, But Not All Teachers Lead. Um, that has just been my experiences with being a leader and what it is meant to lead and model by example the things in which I'm, I do in life as opposed to just teaching. Because teaching doesn't have any intimacy behind it. And um, that's one thing that I have not always liked is people following my example. Because I'm like, what the flip you following me for? All right. You know, I don't even have to know if I'm doing anything right. Um, so I was standing outside, I was getting some sunlight and just working on self-regulating, you know, uh, taking care of myself. And I was saying, I was like, man, the sun feel good outside. And I just kind of thought like, man, I should, you know, kind of share what I've been learning about uh, order and control. Um, because as I'm learning, there's a difference between the two. And sometimes uh, control is like order's toxic cousin. Like there are elements of control in order, but order itself is not control. And as I'm learning, like 
I have still had a lot of ways that I've wanted to take control in my life. And so um, I ended up talking to a cousin of mine and uh, we, were, we were talking and she goes, um, I, I tell her um, this statement. I'm just like making it just like, I recognize that I kind of have to show people parts of me because I can, I just know that they are not able to see me for who that I really am. So I have to show them who I am in part. And then she says something that really flips my kind of belief on these things. And I really had to sit and think about that because I was initially going to go and record this podcast before we had this conversation, but we ended up talking for a cool minute. And she goes, that may still be a way that you are trying to control people's perceptions of you in life. You are by not showing up like you're not showing up in that full way. Like you're still kind of controlling how people see you and, and you can't decide for other people how much of this yourself they can and can't receive. And I really got hit by that. I was like, man, that is a really good point. Like I saw myself in that way. And I realized that a lot of it is not only just ego, but fear. It's the question of what if I show myself and I, I end up rejected or what if I show myself and end up idolized or what if I show myself and end up accepted? Well, I'm recognizing now that, again, that still falls under control because if I'm showing people what I want them to see, if I'm showing them a side of me that's always calm and collected and I'm never showing any times that I ever feel frustrated or upset or in every times I feel genuinely happy in life, if I'm never showing people these things then I'm not giving myself a chance to be accepted. Like I can't control how that person feels about me. And I just have to pause in that moment and just kind of accept, like acknowledge like, bro, like you, you, I have not been able to do that. And that's something that I've taken pride in is being able to kind of bend my appearance to match the environment or as we call in the neurodivergent community masking. I don't talk about it much, but I've mentioned it on a couple of these podcasts. Um, I recently, you know, done a few tests and realized that I'm on the autistic spectrum and that I also have ADHD. And I know it's kind of a little quirky, popular thing. We know we always love to say, well, everybody's autistic. Well, y'all didn't jump up and down to music when you were four and five years old and y'all don't rewind the same tracks over and over. So if that's how you feel, that sound like a you problem. Okay. That's currently the I've always been this way. You know, I've always had quirks and things of that nature. And I don't always like talking about it because it's a new realization. But some people, you know, even in 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 my in in Christian communities and spiritual communities are like, well, you got your minds in Christ Jesus. And I was like, again, that has nothing to do with who you are as a person. This is part of my identity and part of how I'm able to show up in the world. All right. So. Consider this some unmasking, if you will. Um, I think part of that even has to do with why I've always liked, uh, control in my life, you know, because I have big feelings and those feelings run a lot deeper and more intense than feelings that other, that, that other people may experience. And it's a little bit different for me to kind of regulate those feelings. Uh, I feel things very deeply. Um, sometimes I don't know how to cry, but sometimes when I do, it feels very, it's very explosive. You know, I'm wailing, I'm, I'm screaming and yeah, I'm not showing that now because to be honest, I don't feel it right now. I'm still trying to sit with what those things feel like in my body. And I'm recognizing now that I have not been willing to show up 
as authentically as I've wanted to, just out of either fear that someone was going to reject me or, you know, that, and that's, that's, that's not necessarily something that always happens, but it's a reality that I have experienced in different times in my life. And it's a reality that I could experience, you know, never know who's going to accept or reject you. But I guess that's kind of the point is I don't have control over that. And that maybe that's a good thing. What I have control over is what choices that I make in showing up in my life. And I've been recognizing that I've tried to micromanage quite a few of my uh, friends, even friends in my spiritual community. I've tried to micromanage them because I just flat out don't trust them and don't really trust God with them to that if I'm not there. And then a lot of that was just based on ego, a sense of selfishness, a sense of, hey, I'm able to do something that's impossible. I'm able to control and regulate communications. And I even had a friend recently call me the therapist friend. And I was like, I'm not a motherfucking therapist. You know, even if that is a destiny that God has for me in my life, like I'm a human. I am Brandon. I'm not a therapist. I'm a person. I'm not an idol. But I recognize something that there's a lot of me that is taking comfort in being that. A lot of me that is taking comfort in being disingenuous in some ways. A lot of me that is taking comfort in, quote unquote, never letting people see me sweat. I said, man, I'm a human. What is the kind of stupid stuff is that? And I'm just recognizing that in myself, that a lot of that was just me still trying to find approval that I always wanted from my dad. I had a difficult moment. Um, I saw some things. Um, there, there was something particularly that stung me recently that I saw that a family member had said about me. And it really hurt my feelings. Um, and there's a lot of things that, you know, I've wanted to say to this person, but I recognize that there's a difference between just being tactful and a difference between also being authentic and true to who you are. You know, we, there's this big belief on being unapologetically me, unapologetically this and unapologetically that. I believe it's more just like showing up in the world for the fullness of who I am. Like I saw this video of um, this uh, young dude and he was like thugging out on the street. He was like 11, 12, but he was like really thugging on the street and this old guy came up to him and said, man, why are you acting so hard? He said, OG, I always been hard. You know what it is. And he said, man, OG, you need in the OG said, man, he said, that ain't the way to live your life, man. You need to you need to go watch, man, watch Purple Rain. And I love Purple Rain. Purple Rain is a great movie. He's like, man, you need to go watch Purple Rain. And man, you just need to have yourself a good cry. And he got off the phone with his friend. He said, man, I'm gonna call you back. This OG while he says, man, I don't understand. OG, like what I what I got to cry for. He said, man, because you need to, man. He said, man, you can't just be sitting there just just not feeling nothing, man. You need to cry. And then the dude, just like the kid, just started getting like softer and softer. He said, man, you got a grandma, you got a family, your mom and dad's still alive. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like real tough, but you just start to see him soften. And he gets to a point where he cries and the OG gets out and gives him a hug and the clip ends. And I just thought about that. And I said, see, that doesn't make him any weaker as a kid to have expressed or felt his feelings. But that's how I was always taught. That's what was modeled to me as a man. You know, I saw my dad maybe cry, I don't know what, five times in my life. And they had to be absolutely devastating events. Now, he admitted to me that he's cried more than that. But I saw him cry, what, five times in my life? So it was modeled to me. And even my mom, my mom rarely cried. 
So it was modeled to me that tears, expression, big expressions are not good. And so I, I learned to be even keel. My dad was always the type of person to ask me an impossible question and then get mad when I answered it. So I always took pride in the fact that if this man is not going to give me the unconditional love and acceptance that I desire, that I want, that I enjoy, that I crave just as a kid, then I'll at least be able to say that I stumped him. That I'll at least be able to say that I was proud of myself and that I showed him up. If he can't, if he won't show up for me, I'll show him up. But one way or another, he's going to give me the attention that I want. Still, still needing control. And it has showed up in the way that I've showed up in my groups, in my prayer communities, in my friends, in, in, in all of the relationships I've had. It showed up there. I was at a movie event last night and I was so moved by the way that, that this girl did her thing. Um, you know, maybe I'll have her on the interview at some point, but she 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 really did her thing. And I was so impressed and I was terrified, too. I was terrified to approach this person and just tell them how much I appreciated what they did. I was terrified and all I could think of was ways to kind of control my actions. I was running over scripts in my head of how I was going to approach this person and what I was going to say to him when I did. And I, I, I just was so scared that this person would look at me and say, man, I don't know who the hell you think you are. Why are you even bothering to talk to me? You know, or that she wasn't going to see me in this moment. And I was just feeling this deep longing to be seen and heard by this person whom I was admiring in this moment. And I'm like, yo, I could not, I couldn't, I, I was struggling here. And I and really, it wasn't her that I was struggling with. It was me that I've been struggling with. I'm still struggling to digest right now the fact that I had an uncle that I never really got to talk to and is gone and that I feel that there's so many things I still missed out with my dad and he's gone now. And then my spiritual father, who I talk to dang near every day, is gone now. And my body has been yeah, it's been kind of reflecting like, like, hey, bro, like you, you struggle, you, you feeling this right now. And I'm like, I don't really want to. But I've been trying to take control of other areas and other aspects of my life. And it hasn't really led to order. Because order comes from a place of transparency and vulnerability and accountability. It doesn't really come from a place of control. And control really comes from a place of fear. I'm scared that this is not going to work for me. I'm scared that this could happen. Anyone know what's funny about fears is fears are valid. Fears are valid for real. Our fears, our, our feelings and all those things like that. Every feeling that we have is valid. I thank God that God, you know, is at least had mercy on me and has always worked up from the inside out. And it's like, hey, Brandon, you know, you don't know things. And that's okay. Like, imagine if we had to go into relationships and friendships knowing stuff. But see, you want to know something? I even I even be honest with y'all about this. In the things in which I've been preparing for in my relationship to come, you know, because I'm I'm very, you know, I'm interested in that you know i'm i'm interested in these different things so i'm meeting different people and stuff like that i have tried so hard to prepare to have an idea to have an understanding and to just know because i have wanted control i have craved control and isn't that the biggest mistake men make with women 
we think our responsibility, our job is to control. We think that if we don't control that we fail as men. But ain't that what society already teaches us? You know, it's one other good thing my cousin says. She says, man, don't let toxic masculinity make you feel like you are less of a man that you are. And that's really what's true. There is a level of toxic masculinity that is in this world. If you have, if you do good, do better. If you're doing better, do the best. If you're doing the best, keep doing the best, and you better not fail, because if you don't fail, you're if you do fail, you're a man. We're always being told if you got a house, you need a bigger house. If you don't have a house, why the hell you don't have a house? You know, there's no place in toxic masculinity for just presence. They say you're weak if you do that, if you don't stand as some type of stoic, immovable wall. And those aren't men. Those are clay creations. Those are statues. Those are Oscars. Those are idols. Those aren't men. It's not saying a man can't be a protector because he's designed to be. It's not saying a man can't be a provider because he's designed to be. But what is that man providing? That's the first mistake we make with women. So we always try to figure it out because we want to figure it out so we can control it. And we only try to control it because we're scared of it. We're scared of women. We're scared of her, her, her feminine presence. We're scared of that. It's, and, and, and rightfully so because the feminine is, is flipping terrifying. But imagine how much more we are able to relax when we realize that the same with money, the same with our our relationships, that they're not meant to be controlled. They're meant to be participated in. I've always craved control, but not even really control. I've just always craved safety, even beyond control, screw control. I've always craved safety. And so if I could take control by being the therapist to my friends, sure, I would do it in a heartbeat. If I can take control by being always the voice of reason, sure, I'd do it in a heartbeat. But if I didn't have to and I could have safety anyway, man, I would chill the flip out. So I don't think the issue was an issue with my friends. The issue was just an issue that God has been wanting to deal with me with for a long time. What does it mean to have order? And to have order is more like having peace. You know, when there's order, there's rest, man. There's, there's relaxation. There's, there's people can get along with each other. People can, I can be in someone's space without feeling that I have to solve their problems. Because Jesus, if I'm not tired of trying to solve people's problems for the sake of what? Someone to validate me, make me feel better. Or for the sake of someone to validate my pride. Or for the sake of being able to say that I matched up or I measured up. And at the end of the day, what was that about? Me still trying to still ask my dad, why did you leave me? Because that's the question that I've been asking since I was four. And it's the question I asked until he died. And it's the question I've asked after he died. Why did you leave me? As an adult, I understand rationally, logically, that the day my dad yelled at me and screamed at me from the door and asked me, why are you at the door? The day my dad first decided that I wasn't a kid and yelled at me like a grown man. Was he probably dysregulated? Certainly. Was he probably just concerned I was, he was going to kick me or hurt me or something like that walking in the door? Probably. Did his, does it matter to the kid me? Hell no. Absolutely not. All the kid me heard was there's something wrong with you because that was one of his favorite phrases. What's wrong with you, boy? So what did I take on? Obviously, there must be something. 
I looked for it in my childhood. I looked for it in Christianity. I looked for it in every faith or religion that I was ever connected to. I looked for it in all those places. I was always looking for something to be wrong about me. And so anytime somebody pointed out something right, I was like, where's the hook? My cousin even gave me a compliment. She told me something about me and I it was immediately waiting for the hook. And I said, you know, cousin, I'm sorry, man. I was literally waiting for you to tell me but or and. And then I experienced some of that from actual verbal abuse. I was very open at that time to verbal abuse during that time in my life because I had people tell me something's wrong with you or I'm going to give you a compliment, but or I'm going to give you this and it's going to come with something else on the hook on the back end. Always had to keep myself guarded, you know, versus what my dad could say or do. My dad could be very mercurial and very unpredictable. He was someone who I couldn't choose exactly when he was going to be a safe space or when he was a safe space. He was a safe space for some things guaranteed, but not other things. If I needed someone to come pick me up, did he? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt, I knew no matter where I was in the world, that man would come pick me up. That man would have my back. And that's something I'm grateful for. Was he a protector? Absolutely. Was he some was he a leader? Absolutely. Was he someone that believed and and lived by his morals and strengths and values? Absolutely. Was that someone that I could go to when I had deep, deep emotional concerns or deep concerns in general, deep insecurities about myself as a man? No. Did I want to? And do I still want to? Absolutely. And when I, you know, couldn't necessarily get that, I wanted to substitute for control. And then on top of that, I had experiences with uh, with women. Um, or girls, you know, at that time, I, I was not very, uh, well, you know, was not very socially apt at that time. And, you know, I always felt like I rubbed girls the wrong way. And I would always be like, what's wrong with me? I always felt like I couldn't say the right things. But I think some of it was not just that I couldn't say the right things. It was just, I was always trying to find the right things to say. And the right thing to say is not always the right thing, but just the true thing, the authentic thing. So always, always trying to figure out what I did wrong. And maybe it was never about that. And so, you know, I would resent them. I would resent women for just being able to flit from person to person and situation to situation. I would just I would just resent them and the resentment would build. And they didn't deserve that. And I was just living in a lot of pain. Because it caused something to show up in the world authentically at least because the funny thing is we show up in the world anyway how we show up is actually up to us and so I thought about a lot of friends I've had where you know they've some people have said that they looked up to me they admire me and all these different things like that and I always felt bothered by that because I was like man I don't even feel like I'm being me what are you admiring me for and it's just kind of like you're showing up in the world anyway to show up as yourself takes the most courage of, of, of all the things. Of all the elements and all the areas. I always thought it was about other stuff. Because that's what it was modeled to me, you know. How much money you have in your bank account, you know. How street savvy you are. How smart you are. How right you are. Those things were what were modeled for me. But to be the person that I am... It costs more. And um, 
I didn't expect that it would cost as much as it does. Control has always come at the cost of some part of my identity. Because in order to keep control, I had to keep watch. And if I had to keep watch, then I couldn't be present. So I was always watching for something. I can think of all the times and days that I sat in my room and didn't even play, you know, my game systems because I'm over here in my mind thinking, what what if an earthquake happens, God forbid? And I'm over here sitting there and ain't no earthquake going to happen. But I'm over here wasting, you know, burning time because I'm worried about something else or I'm, you know, still feeling the grief from my dad and I'm, you know, checking on my mom and making sure everything's fine there and I'm just trying to keep control. I felt terrified of what what the emotions and the things that I haven't explored that still lie inside of me, man, because I don't I'm scared. And it takes something to show up with the full impact of what I am when I see friends and stuff glance around me and go like, wait, I didn't know that was in you. Oh, snap. And it challenges people to show up themselves. I don't know whether they'll respond to that challenge or whether they'll reject me for it. And that is terrifying. But it's also terrifying to live my life without showing up. I've even been like that when I've been around some of my um, my nephews and little brothers and students and stuff like that, scared to show up around them because I'm like, well, what if they think this about me? And what if they think this about this and that? And I'm like, well, the reality is, is that regardless of what image I put up, there's still a person there. And it would be better that they that they followed me as I led then listen to me as I taught because I'm going to teach them something, whether I try to teach them or not. So whether I teach them was right or teach them was, was not what's most important is that I model that there's someone that's doing something. You know, I have always looked at people that were more, that were farther along with me, more successful than me in the ways that I felt that I wanted to be. I even felt jealousy watching somebody uh, do editing last like last night I was there and I was like, bro, I'm still not there. But it's not important that I'm not there. What's important is that I'm here. It's funny how that works. That in order for me to have order in my life, I have to be willing to have the courage to let go and let go of the things that I feel that I have control over or even trying to control things that really aren't mine to control. So I can show up with courage in the world. And I can give my friends and people in my life permission to show up with courage in their world too. It's funny how that works out. Today was really eye-opening for me, and that yesterday was also pretty eye-opening for me, too, because I was just feeling the discomfort. And I didn't want to admit how uncomfortable I was feeling in that moment. I was dressed really well, but I was feeling very uncomfortable, and I was like, I don't I don't know if I'll offend someone, and I was just terrified. But these were all things in my own mind that my mind was just trying to keep me safe. It's like, hey, you're in a new environment, you're meeting new people. This is scary. Maybe you should not be yourself. But 
But I do feel more encouraged to show up in this world, man. Not to be who I need to be, but to be who I am. And I had it real cool because it was modeled to me. I was even talking to my mom about this. And I said, you know what's cool? Dad did model to me what it meant to take action and accountability in this world. He did model that very well. He was a man of commitment. He was a man of his word. He modeled that very well. He modeled to me a lot of things that to, to take charge and to be a leader. He modeled to me many good masculine traits. But I have the emotional maturity that he didn't. And I still have a lot left to give to this world. So here's to me and here's to you, wherever you might be. Let's all show up in this world for the people that we are. And if you didn't know how to do it, well, come follow Pay It Forward, man. I can't tell you that I'm going to do everything right, but that's the whole point. I'm going to model what it looks like because I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. So that's my prayer for y'all, whoever you are. May God give you with the ability, the wisdom, the discernment, and his presence to be able to show up in the world, regardless of wherever your belief is. May you just get a chance to experience that that opportunity to be the person that you were made to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I love y'all, man. Y'all have always been there. Y'all have showed up for me. Y'all have listened in, in deep and very personal times for me. And um, y'all have helped me become more of the person that I am. And I'm really happy to be able to pay this forward and pay the bridge and, and lay the bridge down for those coming after me. All right. Got some new guest segments coming on the way. Now that I'm able to do it, um, it's much easier for me. So expect one in these coming weeks. Um, I have one already lined up. So this is not a loose promise. This is already lined up. I have one that I'm one person I'm interviewing. Then I then I have a, quite a few more that I have locked in that I'm I'm going to be able to interview. So um, I would say you can go as far as to expect one each month. All right, y'all. This has been a pleasure. Thank you for always listening. And if you're blessed by anything I do, man. Take a moment and pay it forward to somebody, man, because somebody probably needs you to, to be there in their life, too, whoever you might be. Y'all be blessed out here, all right? Peace. Peace.